All right, so it is it is early. I just woke up, and Jim wants to record, and I'm not 100% sure why, so I'll let Jim lead in. You were online. I was online. I've been up <laughs> since midnight, so my sleep is completely backwards right now, so I'm waking up at midnight. Okay, yeah, I do I do not understand your sleep. Your sleep schedule, I have not been able to decipher. Number one, there's a time difference, so we're on different coasts, and sure. that's one thing, but Usually I can figure out kind of a rhyme or reason to a person's online presence. And with yeah. you, it's very, I find it uh, very challenging. So I'm assuming that you could be up or asleep at any given time, uh, depending on what's going on. I, I, I don't imagine you write that much. What's that? I was saying, I imagine you write late into the night. That's what I'm assuming happens a lot of the time. Yeah, this is when I'm most uh, creative. This is when it's the most quiet, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of distractions in the neighborhood. In about 10 minutes, my neighbors are going to get up and warm up all their engines for about a half an hour. Okay. All right. Um, and my the corner of my office points directly at their driveway, so I'll hear all six of their cars starting up for the next two hours. And it's – I don't know. I've never met people that need to warm up their engines for 30 minutes before, but these people do. I, I can understand that. For for some reason with writing, I tend to do that during the day. But back when I used to write a lot of music, I used to do it late at night and I would yeah. I, and it would eat into sleep. Like I'd get an idea and then I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm going to be up working on this. And there's yeah. something a little magical about that, that oh, yeah, yeah, being yeah, awake yeah. when everybody's sleeping. So I, yeah. I, I appreciate it. Um, if you don't work, if you don't work in that two to six range and I, people that are doing night shifts somewhere in a factory, I think it's very different. But if you're home alone from that two to six range and it's so calm and quiet and that's when you're writing. Yeah, there's something magical about it. It's yeah, no, it, it, it's it's like an altered state. There, There is something about it. Um, now, I had seen Rise of Skywalker. and I'm, Was that why you wanted to have a conversation? Were we going to talk about Rise of Skywalker? No, or... I didn't want to talk oh, about okay. it. I thought we covered this. OK, so. well, well, we did, except I guess I had some additional you know, thoughts now that I've actually seen it. But. Um, uh, and I, I actually had a lot more thoughts about movie theater going experiences in general, but, <laughs> uh, my, my, my old man opinions are number one seats should not rumble. Um, I don't know if this is a feature of all movie theaters now, or if I was, because like every theater has a special name now, like IMAX or, you know, ultrascope or what, like there's all these different names for each theater. And I don't know what any of them mean. So I have no idea if I went to a special theater where the seats rumble or if all of them rumble. But the seats were rumbling, and it I mean, it, it honestly, it felt like somebody was coming up to me and throttling me every time somebody poured a glass of Coke or did anything that had any amount of, any minuscule amount of bass added to the track would make your seat rumble. And it, it was extremely unpleasant. Uh, right. so, so number one, that, you know, I, I don't like the seat rumbling. Number two, every kid in the theater, and when I say every kid, I mean every person because everybody there was, you know, way younger than me. They all need to be spanked. They all need to be spanked <laughs> and they all need to behave because they were just, it was just total chaos. And I felt like I was in a clockwork orange, except everybody was Alex, minus all the ultra violence. But, you know, but the misbehavior without the violence was all present. Um, uh, so those are those are my two old man thoughts. Um, so here's my dangerously old man racist thought, right? And this please is don't get have me... a dangerously old man racist thought about it. The, <laughs> go ahead. Go this ahead. is the kind of thing that gets me in trouble because people don't really understand it if they don't live in a multicultural environment. 
But white kids are the worst right okay. now. White kids, and I, I cannot, I'm not trying to condemn everybody, but when I go to the movie theater, that's who's always misbehaving. When I go out shopping, that's who's misbehaving. Okay. Um, I live in an area with a lot of Asian kids, and Asian kids do not step out of line when their parents are around. Well, so so here's the so number one. I think uh, I think there. Uh, I don't I don't know what the statistics on that would be. At this sure. movie theater, and I'm just was, being an old man, yeah. right? Yeah. At this I'm movie not the- trying to condemn the entire planet, but go at, the, on. at this movie theater, it was it, it was a pretty even pie chart of the demographics of the area, um, right. and the misbehavior was kind of all over the map. Um, but number one, they're serving beer at the movie theater now, which was new to me. I didn't know that you could buy beer at a movie theater now. Depends on the theater, but yeah, yeah, that that was a, so like everything changed. My for two tickets, it was thirty six dollars, thirty six dollars for for movie tickets for two tickets, which right, which I I gave the guy a twenty, thinking it was going to be eight fifty a piece. Do you know what I mean? That's 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 how out of touch I am with. With going to movie theaters, and I, I was stunned. And my wife was like, "Oh, I guess I'm paying for the other half." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't know it was more than twenty dollars for the." So you know, it, it, it I, I felt like it just dawned on me how out of step I am with with everybody. Uh, but but I will say this: I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise. However, well, however, it, it couldn't be worse than eight. Yeah, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> It was better than eight. Um, I think a lot of what we talked about was kind of true going in. Um, I tend to, I think I tend to be a little bit more optimistic than you when I go to see a movie. So I am willing to bet you would have a more negative opinion of it. Um, or you'd be less forgiving of some of the things that I'm willing to forgive with a film. But, but the emotional beats of the film worked. I thought that, um, it did kind of have to do double duty because it's 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 basically a retraction of part eight. Like I, I other people might have a different opinion, but I saw it and this just seemed like a, a retraction of the middle film. They yeah. did build on a couple of things, but overall it was a retraction. And um, I, I have you read all the spoilers because I don't want to spoil things for you. If I... uh, you're you can't spoil it for me. I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> oh, OK. All right. Well, then the, the, so, so I can you spoil might be it. spoiling it for people listening but i can say spoilers is what you're saying it's not going to affect you. yeah i don't care um all right so not in this case no yeah won't bother me so so in terms of because we were talking about character and character arcs i think in terms of ray and kylo ren they both got a complete service do you know what i mean like you could argue about whether like i know that you're very particular about how arcs work and stuff like that but just in terms of did i feel satisfied with both of those characters i did I felt that Finn was kind of useless by the end. He didn't. He did, like he had. He had kind of a point in the the second movie a little bit, and here he didn't really seem to have a point. And Poe, I guess he had a purpose, but it did. It, it wasn't very interesting to me. Um, but I th- I felt that uh, that Ray and Kylo Ren were both. Kylo Ren really got the big treatment. Kylo Ren got the most satisfying conclusion out of anybody. And Ray got the second most satisfying conclusion. Um, obviously, they, they bring back Emperor Palpatine. And that was the spoiler that I heard that I actually liked. But I know a lot of people didn't like that spoiler because it got made fun of in a lot of reviews. So, But I, it's in the opening crawl, isn't it? Um, I think it is. Yeah, it is. It is in the opening crawl. So it's not that much of a spoiler. You, you know, it, it, and it's also within like the first 
it's the first thing in the film too. So it's it, but it's a spoiler if you know nothing about the movie, I guess. Um, yeah. But but either way, that detail was something that, uh, uh, you know, I I guess a lot of people were divided over. And then the other big detail that's a big spoiler, but everybody knows, uh, is that Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter. Which, depending, oh, on oh, I didn't to, know that. You didn't. I thought you read all the spoilers. I didn't. Nobody ruined that part of it. Oh, okay. That that's but the that's big. Okay. Yeah, that's the one that I like. That's the spoiler I heard that I was like, oh, I like that. Now, I think because everybody was guessing after the first movie, now a lot of people are making fun of that choice. But that was like the one thing I didn't think of in the wake of Force Awakens, and it's the one that actually makes the most sense in terms of explaining why she has all these powers and all this stuff. So I kind of like that. I thought that, you know, uh, it, it, it was the, it was the best possible lineage that they could have given her. It was a way better than her being the daughter of junkers or whatever it was that they sure. she was in the second movie. Um, and that might still be true. Well, right? they kind of, so, so here's, here's the thing. I was saying the moment they said that line, I was saying that's going to be like when Obi-Wan told Luke Vader killed your father. And then he comes in the next movie. And he's like, well, it was a it was a truth from a certain point of view type of thing, right? They did exactly right. the same thing, and except it's Kylo Ren saying, "No, no, they they were junkers. They just chose to be junkers because they were running away from Palpatine." You know what I mean? So it was like, you know, they chose to be nobodies. You know, it, it was you know, it, it, they were. It was it was an obvious nod to the Ben Kenobi line, and it was right. kind of cool that. The Kylo's the one saying it because he's obviously named after Ben Kenobi, but at the same time, I don't think that's what Ryan Johnson intended at all. So I think it was as much as you know how in I don't know if you saw the Kevin Smith review of of the Last Jedi when it came out, but he when he saw it he he was talking about how there were a lot of like F U Abrams moments in the film where it's just like he he kind of shits on things that Abrams had laid out, and I think it feels like Abrams is doing that to him in this movie, right? Um, and, and so. I enjoyed the movie. It's impossible to watch though and not think about geez the the way that the second if the they they really did put a bomb in the middle of the the, the series with with the middle movie and and so it's it, I don't know it, it there is a chaotic vibe and I think there would have been a chaotic vibe no matter what because if they had just gone off in a new direction like the middle movie wanted them to it still would have been chaotic because it wouldn't have felt like a complete three-part series. But even when they do try to tie it together, you're still highly aware of the middle movie doing all these things then the third movie kind of rejecting them. Um, but I will say, I did like a lot of the threads that they, they... A lot of people made fun of the whole Snoke thing, how Palpatine has a bunch of Snoke heads in like a jar, basically. And, you know, it's revealed that Palpatine made... Like, he literally made Snoke. And he literally has been the voice in Kylo Ren's head this whole time. That could have certainly used a lot more buildup in a second movie, but because there was no buildup, it used what threads they had in order to right. in order to do it. So, um, <coughs> so yeah, I don't. I, know. I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. No, go go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I no, I, my thought was pretty much done. We could go round and round with this all episode. We should point out to people we don't actually have a lot of time because you have to go. Yeah, I have to go in thirty minutes. So we got uh, so that's so, hanging over us like the sword of Damocles here. 
Yeah. So I want to I want to say two things. One, I think I need to defend myself a little bit here because I get called out a lot for being I don't call it what you will, persnickety or snobbish or I'm overly analytical or it's hard to make me happy with a thing. Mm -hmm. I can't turn off my critical theory when I'm watching a thing. I can't turn my brain off and not pretend that I don't know how to write a script. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's very difficult for me when I'm watching a thing. Um, and I think that there's something to be said for it's okay if you enjoyed what you saw, wouldn't it be great if it had been better? Uh-huh. And that's the thing I always come back with is look, I'm glad you appreciate it, but it could have been better. Get rid of this crap and it's better. Fix this line and uh-huh. it's better. Defending crap with the attitude of, well, it was okay for me, or I had fun with it. That's about as empty and useless a thing that somebody can say ever. My hope is is that when somebody sits down to make something, let's say episodes four and five, they're making them because they want to make them as good as they can. They didn't try to make six as good as they could, but that's another discussion well, I, for another time. I, well, that's a whole other because I like six, but but I don't want to get derailed because we're right. thirty minutes. Um, so go go on. Imagine go on. now, and here's the second part of the whole thing. Imagine mm-hmm. now, seven, eight, and nine had been planned, and and that energy used to make those movies was made not to piss on any certain kind of attitude or undo what was done in a previous movie, but to actually write a story that was three parts long. Because episodes one, two, and three yeah. really didn't try to do that. It was a mess. And now seven, eight, and nine, essentially seven and eight are dead movies. They're useless. You don't need them. And nine spends half of its energy, and I've not seen it. I'm just going yeah. off of all the reviews, and I've watched a lot of reviews, a lot of spoiler stuff on it. And I can tell you from experience just watching these kind of movies, half of the energy is spent just trying to retcon and fix all the damage from eight. So seven, eight, and nine is essentially half a movie. Yeah. If you think about it, because so, there's nothing new in seven, eight does a lot of damage to the entire franchise and nine spends its time fixing eight. So, so number one, I agree with you about if they had planned it from the beginning. I think that's a, that is a criticism that I, you have, I have to accept. Do you know what I mean? It's not, there's no, there's no getting around the fact that this was <coughs> sloppily planned and that right. there were, there were contrary visions at work in the movie and you can clearly see it and it, creates a very messy effect i think once you get to this movie though it's sort of like well okay what what else can you do (laughs) like like it's it's here's how i would phrase it they did the best they could with what sure what they had do you know what i mean like if 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 i i think i think there's a lot of problems here number one i i understand why people enjoyed the middle movie because I enjoyed it. I don't understand the massive amount of praise it got. That's the part that's very confusing to me. And that's the part that has been making me very wary of any review of this movie, because I know that there's, there's it's sort of like what we were talking about last episode, where I know that when people are reviewing these films, they're not really reviewing the films. They're really commenting on some other issue of the day that they'd rather be talking about. Right. And that is filth. Every review I've read, not every review, because I've seen a lot of reviews where people are like, I didn't like this movie, and here's why. And they say kind of like what you said, and it makes total sense. But pretty much every review that, that, that takes apart the movie that I've read is coming at it from 
a revenge on behalf of part seven point of view or not part eight uh, point of view. Right. Uh, and you can sort of see it and how they, how they're, you know, dismantled. Like the obvious sign that somebody's biased in a star Wars review is when they criticize a star Wars movie for something that all star Wars movies do. Do you know what I mean? That like, you know, like, sure. you know that, that sort of thing. And so I see a lot of that, but uh, I don't think that this is a, great movie i don't like if i was going to rank it i would say it's it's maybe a little less good than part seven do you know what i mean like in terms of how much i enjoyed it um but it's so much better than part eight that it was just a much more enjoyable movie theater uh experience do you know what i mean i'm glad i saw it in the theater i don't know how i'm going to feel about it in a year though do you know what i mean because the movie throws a lot at you and i don't know how i'm going to feel about all of the you know like if you you have a pretty immediate reaction to the structure of a film, and I don't usually have a strong reaction to how a film is put together until like the fifth or sixth time I've seen it. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I don't know how it's going to land with me five movie five views in, where I'm like, oh, it really sticks out that they that they went from here to there and they didn't even address this. Do you know what I mean? That right. stuff might that stuff might stick out later on, but on my first viewing, I didn't I didn't have too much of an issue with with the way that the movie flowed or the structure of it, I just felt that it was, um, number one, I felt that it was doing a lot of work to make all of the, the stuff happen that they, that, that, that it seemed like here, here's what I would say. This would make a great sequel to part seven. You could, you could (laughs) take out part eight. Right. And it would actually work. I think, I think the only thing that would stand out is you have the Rose Tico character but you don't really need to introduce her the way that she's handled in this movie. You, you, right. you would accept her as a character. So, I, and there might be some plot for it I'm forgetting about, but I, I think you could literally take part seven and part nine and just make two movies. And it, and in fact, I'm willing to bet there's going to be a machete order sort of thing that does just that, where where fans just watch seven and nine and they ignore part eight. Right. And 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 it and it kind of makes sense. But I I, I don't know. I also think that the thing I liked about the film was there are these really big dramatic moments in the movie that are kind of on the level of, and and maybe not quite that stratospheric because you know, that's so classic, but, but still kind of getting up into that zone of, of the empire reveal. Do you know what I mean? And not, not in terms of, Oh, it's a big twist, you know, that, that she's his granddaughter because I, I was informed by that. But some of the stuff that goes on with Kylo Ren and his arc where he he has a redemption arc in this movie, and the way that's handled is, I thought very very well done, and it and it and it made me feel the emotions I haven't felt at a Star Wars movie in decades, and so that was why that was what sort of clinched it for me when I was having that emotional reaction to the the Kylo Ren storyline. Um, right. That's when I was like, oh, this feels like Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so so yeah, so I don't know, that was my reaction to the movie. Um that said, I don't particularly care how people feel about it. Do you know what I mean like if somebody doesn't like it, right. I think that's fine. I I, I cuz I can I I feel like if you, going into this movie, how you feel about Palpatine, how you feel about for, force healing and some of the other elements that they introduce in in this movie is going to is going to affect your reaction. And and the fact that 8 and this one don't exactly line up uh, is obviously an issue for a lot of people. So, uh, 
I think to complain about new force powers makes absolutely no sense to me because all movies, when you watch the sequel, they ramp up everything. Yeah. All of the violence gets bigger or all the drama gets bigger or whatever it is. You have to have a new force power. Every movie it's almost, I think it's almost illogical not to do it because you want to grow your IP. The whole point of a sequel is so that you can grow this brand, make it better, make it stronger. And I'm going to keep beating this hammer. They took the biggest IP in the world and they made it weaker. They made it less than it was. And if they hadn't made episode seven, eight, and nine, people probably would love star Wars more than they do right now overall. Yeah. And I, I, I think that that's difficult to argue against. I know. I, th- I think you're, well, I think it kind of boils down again to the, the fan base turned on itself because yeah. of part. I mean, whether you liked part eight or not, it's because of part eight. That's when the, that's when the fan base turned on each other. Now, whether that was because of part eight or that was going to happen no matter what, because the fans were actually divided on everything that part eight kind of represented. I don't know, but I, I can't the, disagree. I think you're the right. The fans think, did not like those three characters in episode seven. You they, mean they, the hardcore fans did not like, Oh, in the, uh, in, Ray, the in the force of Finn Awakens. And I, 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 I guess that's true, but I, I don't, I, so I don't know. I, I feel like there were there were there was a contingent of hardcore fans that were not on board with Force Awakens, and but I feel like that is a different level of division that occurred when part than when Part Eight came. Out. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not going to dispute yeah. that. All yeah. I'm saying is is that the division, the cracks started to form early. Oh yeah, but they would have no and matter what. With foundation, any... the foundation of the house didn't collapse until eight. But here's what I think happened. I think I think they brought in the audience enough with Force Awakens that that was okay because. The people I, I did see. I mean, I know them. I, I interact with them. I'm friends with them online. I saw. I had a lot of people I talk with that didn't like the Force Awakens because they thought Ray was a Mary Sue or various right. other things. And you know, the, the, I, and those were sort of the reactions. It was generally people not my age, but people just a little bit older than me. Um, who I guess you're right. They would be the people that were in the theaters for the original Star Wars film. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't. I didn't see it in the theaters until Return of the Jedi. Because I wasn't old enough to to even know that Star Wars existed until Return of the Jedi. Uh, I, I want to use an analogy here to describe some structural things that drive me nuts about these kind of movies. Did you see the new Ghostbusters, the one the all female cast? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, I was really happy that women got an all female movie. I really was. I'm not. I'm not. I was against it. I was. No, I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of those people that jumps on those bandwagons and say, "Oh, look at me! I'm a feminist. Look at me! I'm a feminist." I love. I really, honestly want to see women getting more movies like this because I think that that's just makes sense to to make that kind of movie. Men have been getting this kind of fan service for 500 years. Why can't women get one fucking movie? The problem I had with Ghostbusters was all structure. Kate McKinnon's character did the same thing three scenes in a row. That's bad writing. So our objective, our plan, our hope with any of these kind of movies is let's make a really, really good, strong movie. Mm -hmm. And if we can get a good message in there or if we can give something to people that they wanted to see in a movie, let's do that, too. But the initial goal should be let's make a really good fucking movie. Well, I remember watching that movie and not understanding 
any of the reactions to it. Cause I mean, it was, it wasn't awful that it was an all female cast, but it wasn't, right. it wasn't, it wasn't a good movie by, it, it was like a mediocre good movie. Do you know I mean, it was a movie that I, like, it, it yeah. shouldn't have had Ghostbusters affixed to the title, but if it was like, you know, it was a, it was an entertaining enough film, but a forgettable. Do you know what I mean? It was oh, absolutely. For- yeah. I fell asleep. Um, in it. But I have that experience with almost every movie I see these days. And I, I and again, I feel like, I don't know if it's structure so much that it's just the the quality, like the quality of the action, like the the writing of individual scenes just isn't there a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. It's just, and and I usually chalk that up to me maybe just being out of touch. Like I we come from an era when the way that movies were paced, you would literally watch a person walk from one end of the room to the other in order to explain how they got to the office. Do you know what I mean? We needed right. the, we needed that line of continuity, or we didn't know how they got into the office. And my brain still operates that way because when I watch a movie and you don't see that, I'm like, wait a second, this big jump cut into the office is 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 like somebody just punched me in the head. Do you know what I mean? And and I had a lot of reaction like that to the new Star Wars film. If I was going to have a criticism of it, a lot of it was really kind of moving things along at too rapid of a pace. And mm-hmm. and and I don't know if this is getting away from what you were talking about or not, but I feel like even you know, and again there is a slight difference between us because you are a little bit older than me, but I think we both grew up when movies were paced a lot differently and edited a lot differently. And sometimes that when I see, when I saw a movie like Ghostbusters, everything just felt too rapid and too, I don't know in, in the original Ghostbusters, each of the scenes is kind of like, it's, it it just, I don't know. I, I don't know how to put it. It's just that it, the movie moved differently. And so when they do a reboot of an old movie like that, I find it very jarring when they're done in the new style because that, that contrast is really hard for me to ignore. Um, So, you know, I write a lot of GM less role-playing games. Yes. And I write how to frame a scene in them in every single book, every single time I'm walking people through, this is how you write a scene. This is how you start a scene, and you have to know when to end the scene. Because everything that's going to happen in a scene when you're role-playing is organic, right? It's coming out of nowhere. It's improv. Yeah. So you can't get a perfect scene in a role-playing game. But you can at least start smart. And the, one of the things that I tell people is think of the favorite scene from any movie ever. And I use Seven Samurai as an example where he drops the rice on the ground. Uh, well, I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, Kojiri I don't remember the it's a peasant I can't remember his name now Kohei he drops all this rice on the ground and he's picking up the pieces one by one and he's got the saddest face you've ever seen in your life and it's so quiet and it's so heart wrenching and I I say if you want to recreate that scene in a game how would you start how would you decide you're going to start that scene and I don't think when people go into, say, writing something like Star Wars anymore, and they don't stop and say, what's a really good scene that I've seen that I want to try to emulate and, and capture the feeling of? They just say, okay, what's the next thing that has to happen? And uh, Trey Parker from, Star, uh, from South Park said this a long time ago. He says, I don't know why most of this shit's getting made. I go to movies, and then this happens, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens. And he says, I don't know why this was made, why I'm watching this, because there are no surprises. It's a constant yeah. string of this, 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 instead of, 
emotional beat, emotional beat, action beat, emotional beat, hitting the notes that you want to hit in order to emulate the feelings you're trying to emulate. And, and again, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I, it, it might, I, yeah. it, it might just be that. And again, I, I'm willing to chalk it up to just being older and and that we were grew up expecting different things from how a movie flows. But it just, it, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I get those emotional beats, which is one of the reasons why I liked this this movie. And there was actually there's a scene when they go to Endor and she goes into the wreckage of the uh, of the Death Star. And one of my thoughts with the way that scene was shot was this feels like an older movie to me. And I don't know why, but that was also leading up to the scene that I'm talking about that has that emotional beat that really resonated with me. So something about the way they framed the shots of Ray moving through and some of the stuff that happened, it just felt a little older to me and a little bit more in line with the movies I grew up on. And I don't know why. I couldn't really pick it apart. I was just like, something about the, the, the lighting and the way that things are moving around and everything... Um, but I do agree with you. I think, uh, so, so when I, when I got into this theater and my, my seat started to rumble, I, 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 my first thought was Scorsese is a hundred percent right. Um, like Marvel movies, like this theater is designed to watch a Marvel movie. Do you know what I mean? Because right. I don't watch Marvel movies so people can shit on me if they want for having this opinion because I don't like Marvel movies. I don't like superhero movies that much. But whenever I, when I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm sitting there watching, enjoying Bohemian Rhapsody. It's, it's the, I only go to like one movie a year, so I was really enjoying it. But the theater kept rumbling. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Why is my theater rumbling? Why, why, why can't I hear this movie about Queen that's all about the music? And I realized that the Avengers movie is like right next to us or some uh-huh. movie like that. And I'm like, you know, this whole theater is being overtaken by the Avengers. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to watch Bohemian Rhapsody and... And I and all I can hear is the rumble of like all the explosions going on in uh in 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 the Avengers film, and when I sat down to watch this, I was like, this whole theater is built for an Avengers movie. It's a ride. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's not a movie. And then when I watch the movie, I'm like, it's not even projecting onto the screen. And not only that, but I can see like the dots from the pixels. Do you know what I mean? Like, and 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 it just it's just all wrong. It's not it's not like it, it's not the movie theater experience that I grew up on, and. Right. And, and I think, and, and, and again, I enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker, but I was very aware of how this theater experience is built for gamers. It's not built for people like me. Um, no, I'm serious. Like, the rumbling yeah. seat, that's a gamer thing. Like, who wants right. their seat to fucking rumble when they're watching a movie? I didn't. I thought, it, it's like, I felt like, am I having a seizure or a heart attack? Or is, is a spaceship crashing? I don't know. Sure. Because my whole body is vibrating. And... And, and, and then, you know, and now I really sound like an old man, but no, you do. You absolutely sound like an old man, but, but I think it's a valid critique because that isn't, that isn't, I don't, I mean, I understand that movies have a history of using gimmicky things, but all of the gimmicks that are in play now there, it, it just creates this effect of I'm, I'm, I'm in a ride. And I, and I, I think, I think Scorsese was a hundred percent right. And I think that kind of ties in with the other stuff you were talking about, which is this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens, because it's a ride. It's not necessarily a story anymore. Like, there is story there, but it's it's all in service to giving you the sense of a ride. And a ride is fine. Like, we've, you know, you, you could say, like, the original Raiders of the Lost Ark was kind of like a ride experience. Do you know what I mean? Um, but... 
But that was that was a ride that was still operating in the medium of film. And it just feels I, I think he's right that now the medium is becoming, you know, just more of a ride experience than a film experience. So so I don't know. That was I, I, that's kind of a tangent, but I'll, I'll, I'll give the mic back to you. because we. It would, no, it was a good tangent. <laughs> I heard what you said. I, I think one of the interesting things that has happened is TV. I mean, there was a time when TV was worse than movies and you didn't want to become an actor who went from movies to TV because you never made your way back to TV. And now the lines are a little more blurred, but the quality of shows on say a premium cable channel is so much better production wise and writing wise and acting wise than something like Avengers four. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a big budget movie, if you're spending a hundred million dollars plus to make a movie, you have, you have demands and expectations for getting a return on that money that somebody that made a million dollar or $4 million movie does not have to worry about a $4 million movie, which is pretty typical for the low end. Now those you get to make the movie you want to make. And most people don't even get involved or get in your way and, and try to stop you from having, from creating the story you want to create. But when you're at the hundred million dollar, 150, $200 million level, whatever star Wars was, you've got to sell that thing overseas You've got to sell that thing to the lowest common denominator. You have to get everybody involved. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to ostracize somebody like you. But that's not good for movies like that. It's I don't th think that Disney cares. I certainly don't I think J.J. Abrams. I mean, cares. I understand. I understand there's a place for global films, right? There's definitely a place for that. You want that in the world because that can help kind of bridge gaps and stuff. But I also want, like, this is an American movie, or this is, like, an English movie, and this is, like, a movie made by some guy from Boston or whatever. Do you know what I mean? You need those quirky regional things going on. And you, if it's all global, you're, you're catering to so many people. There's so many places you can't go. Well, that, do you know what I'm saying? I, like, it, you're not, you're, you're right and you're wrong. Okay. Again, we're talking about one hundred and two hundred million dollar budget movies versus four million dollar movies, right? Yeah. Police Story was made on a shoestring budget, and that movie doesn't need to cater to anybody but people from Hong Kong. Yeah. No, that's true. And the it it resonates outside of Hong Kong, which is great. That's good for Jackie. That's good for everybody that enjoys it. I've seen the movie twenty times. I love it. It's good for me. But Star Wars wasn't made for me. Star Wars isn't made for you. It's not anymore. And that is okay. I think that's the thing we need to learn to get past is just accept this isn't for you. Well, and I will and, say this one was kind of for me in some ways. But, <laughs> fair. Uh, but, but the work you had to do to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you hadn't seen seven, eight or nine and your only memories of Star Wars were episodes four, five and six, I think that would have been okay. Yeah. No. That, yeah. That would have been fine. But, but the thing is, it seems like every movie is made that way. That My point isn't that those kind of movies shouldn't be made. It's that it's that everything feels like that now. And and so, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I could write a whole list of movies for you that are that were made with $4 million that will blow you away in terms of the, okay, but, the quality. No, okay, that's fine. But, like, I still want... I, I, I feel like there's there's a middle ground that's missing. Do you know what I mean? There's, like, the... I get that you can make a $4 million movie and it can cater to a more narrow audience. 
but I miss sort of more mainstream movies that were a little more quirky and do you know what I mean and higher quality at the same time. Um, <coughs> that's kind of what I'm longing for. Like I, I understand that I can go onto Netflix or onto Prime and I can see a sure. film there. I can you know they're they're independent movies, um, but sometimes I want like a I don't know more mainstream film that just you know isn't the Avengers or something. Um, when I when I went to this film. There were like, number one, there were like 18 previews, like there always are. And almost all of them seemed like they were superhero movies. And I think like half of those were all Avengers related somehow. I don't, I don't, I don't follow all of this, but I, but there was like a Black Widow preview. Um, I can't remember what other movies there were. There was a, there was a Wonder Woman preview, but I know that's a different franchise, right? But I think there were like at least two Avengers related previews. And there was the, the Wonder Woman preview. And then there was a movie that was about a guy who's an NPC in a video game who becomes self-aware. And that kind of, I would file under the same type of movie. There, there was one comedy, which I thought was surprising because I've been told there aren't any comedies getting made anymore, but even that was sort of visually all eye candy. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, it even had like a candy colored palette. Um, but, but I don't know. I, I just, uh, I, I, I'm just not enjoying movies that are coming out in the theaters as much, it seems. Um, and when I are, they're clearly targeted at me. Do you know what I mean? Like Bohemian Rhapsody was targeted at me. Um, you know, in, and this movie was kind of like a fan service to people who wanted it to be in line with what Star Wars had done before. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, see, I don't know. I, 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 I stayed up late watching it. So if I'm, if I'm rambling, I apologize. You've been uh, rambling all episode, yeah. and I'm just letting you go. Yeah, well, you know, because we, we, I went to the 10.30 showing, which meant I had to stay up until, like, 1, and then I was all amped out up when I got home, so I'm like, well, I want to go read people's reviews now that I wasn't reading because I was av avoiding spoilers, so I wanted to go online and see if my opinions jived with some of the reviewers who I respected and, you know, it turns out they don't my my like opinions on this movie were quite all over the map which i thought was interesting but um but but a lot of the people who i normally agree with in reviews i found i i they, they were much more critical of the movie than i was um but yeah so but but the bottom line is i'm groggy and and not not thinking clearly this morning but 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 i don't know i was very i i was so angry at the vibrating seat that really pissed me off and and the uh, I this was like my movie going moment where I was just like I feel like a dinosaur. Somebody actually said okay, di not okay dinosaur, ten four dinosaur to me the other day online, which I guess is like the the new okay boomer uh, thing. Ah! Um, which number one I had to look up when they said it to me. I was like ten That's four funny. dinosaur. What the hell is that? And then I looked it up and. And the only quip I could come up with to that was, you can learn something from a dinosaur, which I'm sure is like the lamest rebuttal that you could ever have. But uh, I'm going through a tunnel. I can't hear you anymore. Huh? Oh, you're... I'm, I'm going through a tunnel. Sorry. I'm losing you. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, all right. So we're, we're coming up on the 930 mark anyway. So all right. I'm going to have to split. But, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I guess this was our... This was our, our our special feature for that that Star Wars episode we did, I guess, is is how this is going to have to tie into the program. Um, but but yeah, so 
So I know we'll be back on. We'll actually talk about heavy metal next time. We've gotten. I think we've gotten every ounce of Star Wars out of our system. So this is the last episode of the year, by the way, and we're ending it, on Star Wars instead of metal. Well, we could not if we do a New Year's episode. That we. All right. We, but but I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen. So, <laughs> but but yeah no, I think it's appropriate because I I, I liked I liked that I was able to frame frame it as our as our holiday special so i i, I think i think it works um, <laughs> which holiday is he talking about <laughs> tune in next time <laughs> all right so until then we'll talk to you later